I like the old church when they say he's a hard fixer. Any witnesses in here? Amen. He is the original cardiologist. Amen. God is the hard fixer. There's a word from the Lord as we remain standing to hear God's reading of his word. On this special day, on this Father's Day, God has given me this special message. We will return to the series that God has given us, Faith Under Fire, during our next message. But God has, God has given me an assignment to share this special message on this Father. And I'm so glad for the obedience of God. To those of you, you, you should have been here at 8 o'clock. It was just such an anointing. I saw grown men come to the altar crying. Some young boy came crying and said, I just want to be a better child. I just, for, I, I just believe that God can do something in our lives. Amen. And this is Father's Day, so we have a particular interest for fathers and men. And we know that uh, men are under attack. And I'm not saying that from a bias standpoint. I know we all are under attack. But I, I just sense that there seems to be a, a special effort by the enemy to go after young boys and men to discourage them. Amen. But the devil is a liar. Amen. There's some lion kings in here. Amen. There's some folk that will remind symbol you are more than what you have become. <laughs> You remember that line in the movie, The Lion King, my favorite line. You are more than what you have become. Amen. And we thank God for that. The book of Genesis, chapter 48, first through the fourth verse, as well as the 21st verse, is where the subject is found. And we're reading this morning uh, for a clearer understanding of the text from the New Living translation. Genesis chapter 48, beginning at verse 1, reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, one day not long after this, word came to Joseph. And the word said to Joseph, your father Jacob is failing rapidly. One translation says his health is failing rapidly. So Joseph went to visit his father and he took with him his two sons Manasseh and Ephraim. When Joseph arrived Jacob was told your son Joseph has come to see you. Listen to this. So Jacob gathered his strength and set up in his bed. Hmm. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me in Luz in the land of Canaan, and God blessed me. He said to me, I will make you fruitful, and I will multiply your descendants. God said to me, Jacob said to Joseph, that I will make you a multitude of nations. Hmm. And I will give this land of Canaan to your descendants. After you, 
as an everlasting possession. Verse 21 of that same chapter, chapter 48, says this. Then Jacob said to Joseph, this is where the subject is lifted from. Jacob on his dying bed, health failing, half blind, says to his son Joseph, I am about to die. Listen to this. But God will be with you and God will take you back to Canaan, the land of your ancestors. And those who love God's word said amen. amen. Do me a favor, reach over and catch someone by the hand. On this very special Father's Day of 2019, this is the message that God has given me. We have all year long been talking, preaching, teaching about faith. Every sermon, every message has something to do with faith. In fact, on Women's Day, our First Lady, Pastor Jackson, preached a message called Faithful Unto the End. So God says to continue the theme of faith. And on this Father's Day, I need you to share this word. Hold on to those hands. Look at someone. Say, keeping the faith. And before you turn it loose, look at them again. Say, don't lose your faith. Clap those hands. Give God a hand of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Keeping the faith. Are there any witnesses here today who are declaring and decreeing that I will not lose my faith? Listen, King Solomon, who was deemed the wisest man to have ever walked the earth, Solomon writes this powerful word in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 22 in which Solomon tells us that a good man, somebody say good man, leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Good man don't be borrowing from their children. <laughs> they, uh, that's another story for another day. Amen. A, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Now, listen to this. Perhaps one of the greatest inheritance that a good man, good father, can leave his family is a godly example of how to live a faith-centered life. Amen. You can leave a whole lot of things. You can leave money, but... Uh, Money doesn't last forever. You can leave property, but family members will fight over property. I know folk right now not even speaking to each other over a piece of a house. And mama died and divided between all of Y'all know I'm telling the truth. We got folk now that are mad at folk over, over air properties. And so you can leave things, but there is no guarantee 
that those things will in fact be a blessing to your descendants. Am I right about it? And so one of the things that I know will bless them is a godly example of how to live a life that is faith-centered and not self-centered. A life that uh, looks to one's faith and not a selfish, egotistical life. Not a life that tells them, get all you can, build all you can, acquire everything you can. I, I, I've come to realize uh, that the, that, that the uh, savings of property and, and money, th those things don't always bless people. Amen. But to leave a, a, an example of how we can live for God by faith and not by what we see. Now listen, leaving this example is not just leaving it with words, not by the words we say to them. Because you've got a whole lot of folk who can give a good speech. You've got a whole lot of motivational speakers who can motivate people and they can, they can leave a fiery dissertation, but they can't live a life. I'm preaching to somebody. Here's what God says. God says, what is more important than the words you leave them will be the life you live before them. You need to live a life uh, before them that is a faith-centered life particularly in the face of adversity and hardships. How do we make it, Daddy, when our backs are against the wall? How do we make it when there is not enough money to pay the mortgage and the car payment? How do you make it when things don't always go right in our lives? That faith-centered life means so much to those who come behind us. Allow me to share with you a wonderful quote. This is a quote um, that I read once that has blessed me and I have always held on to it. And it says this, and I'll put it on the board. It says this, that my father did not tell me how to live a godly life. Listen to this. Look at somebody and say, don't miss this. He lived one and allowed me to watch. Can I say that again? What he did for me was to live a godly, faith-centered life. And he allowed me to watch. Mm. From a personal perspective, Allow me to get personal for you on this Father's Day. From a personal perspective, Deacon Clarence, the greatest lessons that I learned from my father or the greatest lessons I would say that I learned in life was not learned as a student at Benedict College. It was not learned as a student at Columbia International. It was not learned at any of the other places I had the privilege and the opportunity to study. 
But the greatest lessons that I learned in my life were the lessons I learned watching my dad. I want to say that again. Not just hearing him, but watching dad. Particularly, mother, as I watched him deal with difficult situations, as I watched him deal with difficult people and their difficult jacked up situations, as I watched him as he had empathy and compassion for folk, I also watched how dad reacted when he was hurt by those he had helped so much and how he never treated them any differently or he never stopped loving them. These are lessons I saw. Chip, we saw this. We saw him smile, kept smiling. We saw how he responded when folk he had done so much hurt him. And he smiled in public and went home, mother, and literally cried tears. Did not understand why they would act the way they would or say what they said about him, knowing all the things he had done. One of the greatest lessons I learned from dad was this. How he kept the faith. Somebody help me say kept the faith. Despite all the things he went through. From his health challenges, three strokes, uh, colonoscopy surgery, how dad went through all of that congestive heart failure, how he lost mobility, couldn't even dress himself, a walk, and how he insisted that I never want to miss church, how my brother Rod had to go next door and help him get ready for church. And when he came to church, the deacons had to lift him up, put him on the pulpit to sit in church. And how he could not stand and clap his hands anymore. But just so the devil would not think he had won, dad would just wave his hands. Y'all excuse me, this is personal. I saw a man with health challenges that would not allow that to impede his worship. And there's some folk who think they're going to get a headache won't come to church. And some folk get an attitude and stop worshiping God. But dad's testimony was when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. Is there anybody in here know how to praise God when you're not feeling good? When you get bad news? When you're going through cancer treatment? When you have congestive heart failure? When you know you're going to die? Whew. No doubt about it. Uh, he had the reports and the doctor said to him, uh, Bishop Jackson, I hate to inform you, 
but your heart is only acting at uh, 20% capacity and failing rapidly. What do you want to do? Uh, he says, well, I, I've still got some praying I need to do. And knowing that his own body was sick, I heard him pray for his family and pray for his children and pray for his grandchildren and say, Lord, not about me, but bless my children. And he demanded that the enemy take his hands off his descendants. Any faith walkers in here that have seen by example folk when things don't go right still praise God somebody ought to find enough energy to give God your best praise I don't care what you're going through I don't care who you're angry at I don't care who's gotten on your nerve Lord I love you Woo. allow me to continue to get personal when his own family was in a crisis when his own son was strung out on drugs living on the streets <clears throat> one Tuesday night dad was coming to church and passed by his own son and Rod would testify to this because God has turned his life around and now he's upstairs running the media ministry Here's what dad said. Y'all excuse me if I get emotional on this. He said, I, I was driving to church and I saw my own son on the corner, dirty and, and smelling like drugs. And the enemy said, you're on your way to preach to somebody else. You can't even win your own son. Dad said he came to church and fell on his knees I said, God, you made me a promise. You promised me that my seed would be blessed. You promised me that my descendants would be blessed. He says, and I stand on the promise. Lord, I'm keeping the faith no matter how it seems now. I know that you are a way maker. Anybody can celebrate when you get the promise. But can you declare and decree that God is still good when you're waiting on the promise? You owe God a praise. Somebody ought to help me. I saw that. Parker, Deacon Stokes, you were here, Stokes and others, class. I saw Dad hurt when those people that he preached salvation to, he, he preached the gospel message and they left the streets to give their life to the Lord. And then they came to him one day and says, Bishop Jackson, I, I don't, I no longer want to sit under your ministry. I, 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 I'm going somewhere else. I think God can bless me. Dad smiled. Dad hugged him. Dad said, I'll, I'll always be here for you. He went home and cried like a baby. The deacons asked him, I asked him as a young man, what are you going to do? How do you put up with that? He said, keep the back door open. 
Because when, not if, but glory, you were here. But when they come back, welcome them. And we saw it, Gloria, didn't we? A year or so later, these same people came back. Some of us weren't as forgiving. But Dad said, don't even remind them of what they had done. Receive them back and restore them to their position. I saw that. I saw him live a godly life. He was truly a man of great faith, an incredible leader, and an anointed father. Because I saw him live a life as if love conquers everything. I saw him live a life, hold no animosity, even love those who are your enemies. And folk that treat you bad, love them anyhow. Dad did not have the privilege to matriculate to an institution of higher learning. He, he did not obtain a master's degree where he had to write a thesis. He did not obtain a doctoral degree in ministry where he had to write a dissertation. But he wrote a dissertation, Deacon Bobby Diamond, in the lives of so many folk like you, his neighbor, and childhood friends, and other folk that he lived the life in front of, and people who never thought he could be a preacher because he had a speech impediment, and he never claimed to be the best articulator, but he says, I'll live a life of faith before God, and God bless others because this man lived a life of faith. What are you talking about, Pastor Jackson? We have another example in our text. This powerful text in the 48th chapter of the book of Genesis involves a man by the name of Jacob. It is believed, and there are some conflicting uh, accounts by historians and biblical scholars of how old Jacob was, but most believe that he was somewhere between 137 and 147 years. Jacob was now old and he was about to die. And he was a blessed man, highly favored by God. But he didn't start out like that. Can I preach to somebody? Don't ever allow your beginning to dictate your ending. Don't ever let anybody tell you how you start out is how you're going to end up. We are introduced to Jacob coming out of his mother's womb, the twin to his brother Esau. The text in the first mentioning of Jacob's name say he was pulling the heels of his brother. His name in the original Hebrew meant treacherous one. Jacob in Genesis chapter 26, particularly in Genesis chapter 27, Jacob stole his brother Esau's birthright. With the help of his mother, he deceived his father Isaac at an old age. But the Bible said, uh, Jacob wrestled with the angel all night long. And he needed redemption, he needed forgiveness. And the angel said, turn me loose, Jacob. And Jacob said, I can't turn you loose until you transform my life. Change me, Lord. Changed my name from Jacob. And the angel changed his name to Israel. From the treacherous one to the blessed one. 
And now Jacob has been blessed walking before the God. Jacob has 12 sons. One of those 12 sons is Joseph. You know the story. Joseph ends up in Egypt because his brothers sell him as a slave. Jacob and his other family members, 70 of them to be exact, go to Egypt, live there because there's a famine in the land. And Jacob, and note this to all of my Bible scholars, he never left Egypt. But he held on and kept the faith. Jacob now is old. Jacob has been in Egypt for a long time. The Bible said Jacob is on his dying bed, half blind, cannot see, limited mobility, uh, limited ability to get up on his own. But they call for Joseph, Jacob's favorite son. They say, your daddy, Jacob, is about to die. I want to show you what Joseph does because this is important to what God had told me to do for Tuesday night. Joseph, go and get his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And, jo and Joseph says, we're going to visit your granddaddy. And here's what the text says. When Jacob learns of Joseph and his grandson's presence in the room, the Bible says he gathered his strength and set up in the bed. In other words, I, I know I'm weak, but I feel this moment. This is no ordinary moment. My son and my son's sons are in the room, and God has given me one last assignment. So Jacob gathers his strength, shut up in the bed, and he began to remind Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim of what God had done for him. He began to talk about the promises of God and what God promised Jacob's father, Isaac, Isaac's father, Abraham. Jacob was the third generation. Joseph was the fourth generation. Ephraim and Manasseh were uh, the fifth generation of promises. Got to work with this. In other words, God says, I've allowed the promises to go down from generation to generation. And Jacob could have so easily given up. But he, in verses 3 and 4, shared with his son Joseph and their two grandsons this very special word. I need you to see this with me. Jacob said, now granted, Jacob was weak, could barely talk, could barely see had the strength to muster up enough strength to sit on the side of the bed. And here's what Jacob said to Joseph and his sons. He said, God said to me, I will make you fruitful and I will multiply your descendants and I will make you a multitude of nations and I will give this land of Canaan to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. Now you've got to take note of this. Jacob was in Egypt. Jacob was in a foreign land, a strange land. He could have so easily said, God, you didn't keep your word. 
He could have said to the Lord, Lord, you promised me and my descendants a land. And look at me. I am about to die in this strange place. But Jacob knew that the promises of God was a and amen. Jacob knew that God was not a man that he should lie. Jacob knew that if God said it, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it will not happen. Do not allow your geography to impact your destination. You won't always end up where you are now. Is there anybody know that God's got a better place for you to end up? Somebody ought to help me give God a good praise for what God has promised you. Although you are not there yet, but you still believe that God will do just what he said. Somebody give God your best praise. In fact, take a praise break and stand to your feet and clap your hands and Tell the Lord, thank you. Before you sit down, grab somebody by the hand and say, if God said it, God will do it. If God said it, that settles it. Tell him, take God at his word. And just because it hasn't happened, doesn't mean it will not somebody help me praise God over nothing but a promise take your seat but give God your best praise come on preachers and deacons and ushers and folk in the balcony wherever you are praise somebody and say yes he will can I say that again this is for every naysayer every lying demon every devil that tells you don't live by faith everybody that the enemy wants to steal your faith look at somebody and say yes he will any supernatural faith walkers in here amen if it doesn't apply to you, just sit there on your seat. But anyone in here want to be a supernatural faith walker and say, Pastor, I don't even have to see it and I, I don't have to feel it. All I need is a word from the Lord that says before, before you die, I'll bless you. Listen, verses 15 and 16. The New Living Translation. Listen to Jacob as he blesses Joseph and his two sons. Then I'm going to share three things with you. We'll be gone. Jacob says, can't see. Old can barely move. Then he blessed Joseph. Verse 15, Genesis 48. The New Living Translation. Then he blessed Joseph and said, Look at what he said. He says, may the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life. The new King James said, the God who has fed me 
all my life. Look at somebody and say, who put food on your table and clothes on your back and made a way out of nowhere? <laughs> Woo. I, verse 16, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys. Woo. I'm laying hands on these boys and I am declaring Son, you got to be blessed because your granddaddy's name is Jacob Israel. Your great great grandfather was Isaac. Your great great grandfather was Abraham. There are blessings in your DNA. Can I? Somebody know that God's gonna bless you. Anybody know what God can do? Look at somebody and say you are blessed and highly favored. Somebody said, "Well, Pastor, my granddaddy wasn't that righteous." God's gonna start a new family train of blessings, starting with you right now. Anybody know that God's still in the blessing business? And Jacob says, and they may multiply their descendants and they will be greatly throughout the earth. In other words, God says, I'm going to do something. Oh man, blind, can hardly see, but he transfers. Don't miss this. He transfers the anointing that comes through supernatural faith to another generation. No way in the text does it say Jacob left them with cattle and sheep. And no way in the text does it say Jacob left them with a great uh, inheritance of earthly possession in this town of the text. But it says he lays hands on them and leaves them with the promise that his father left him and his father's father left him. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Look at somebody and say, you've got a promise in you that you've got to leave to future generations and say, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Anybody know you are blessed and highly favored? Every boy, every girl, somebody ought to lay hands on them and say, God will bless you. When you go home, lay hands on the room of your children and say, bless and highly favored. You got a promise from God that you won't leave until you impart that to somebody else. Can I preach to somebody? Three things we learned from Jacob's experience in this text. And we're going three important things we learned from Jacob's experience. And here's what God says. Number one is this. Jacob never forgot what God had promised him. Somebody in here, do you remember what God has promised you? God says that you are blessed and highly favored. God says, I'm going to bless you going in coming out somebody just remember I, I feel so look, look at somebody say just remember one promise can you can 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 we confuse the enemy and tell the enemy I remember what God said I, I, I may not look like I'm blessed right now uh, but this is not how I'm going to end up somebody got a promise over your life that God has made for you. Can, can, can anybody in here celebrate the fact that you remember what God said about you you know there's a promise all over your life 
Come on, somebody. Say, I, I remember, Lord. I remember. It, anybody can remember a word God said over you a long time ago, and the enemy is trying to discourage you. Number one, he never forgot what God had promised him. Don't forget. Tell somebody, don't forget. I don't care how hard it gets. Don't forget. I don't care if you're in a strange place. Do not forget. Don't ever forget the promises of God. And here's the second one that is so important. He never allowed his family to forget what God had promised. You've got to tell them even if they don't want to hear it. I told the church this morning, Mother, Bishop talked to us so much that I, I quite honestly got to the point where I could memorize everything he was saying. And I didn't understand the power of redundancy. I didn't know what he was in. I thought, well, Dad is just getting kind of old and slow. And Clarence, he forgot. He told me that 10 times before. But he knew he had said it 10 times, but he was going to say it 10 more times. And he wanted me to know, son, God's going to do something in your life. Son, if you be faithful, God is going to bless you. When my wife and I were broke and could hardly pay attention, had no furniture, no car, nothing to our name, daddy would walk by and say, son, you look blessed. God's going to bless you. And I said, daddy, I'm broke. I ain't got nothing. But he blessed me with a word because God gave him a word. And he said, your sons will be blessed. Oh, good God Almighty. Can I preach to somebody who's praying for your sons and daughters right now? And I want you to help me to declare blessing highly favor. Don't say it if you don't mean it. Every parent, man or woman, father or mother, every grandparent, uncle or aunt, stand up and declare and decree blessing highly favor. Declare it, declare it, declare it. Lay hands on your children. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Get your hands off my child. Somebody ought to help me praise God. Help me praise God. Say it. Say it. Declare it. Say it. Call them what they shall be. Walk by your son and say, mighty man of God. Walk by your daughter, mighty woman of God. Keep the faith. Here's the third one. And we're going. Number one, he never forgot what God had promised him. Y'all write these down. Number two, he never allowed his family to forget what God had promised him. I can't tell you how many trips down the country I took. Can I tell you something? 
Chip Matt, I, Jimmy, I can't tell you how many times Daddy put me in the car, drove me down the Bluff Road, turned right on St. Mark's Church Road, took me to a graveyard with a bunch of tombstones, made me walk through the graveyard, said, that's Granddaddy, that's Uncle, that's your slave great-grandmother, Nancy Jackson, born in 1856 as a slave. I just want to let you know where we've come from. I just want to let you know if the devil had his way, you wouldn't be where you are now. And when I thought I was all of that, the moment, the, the week I was elected as senator in 1992, Daddy and Uncle Joe drove me in the car, drove me down the country, made me walk through the graveyard, Deacon Edmonds, and reminded me, son, you didn't get here by yourself. It was because God had been good to you. And, I, 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 and there are folk who have gone on before you that God made a promise to. Let me show you how good God is. And now I find myself taking my sons down there. When they were young, they didn't want to go. DJ and Antoine said, Dad, it's hot. The mosquitoes out there, ants biting us. You got us walking through a graveyard. Why are you doing this? And I said, let me tell you something, DJ. Let me tell you something, Antoine. This is your great-granddaddy. This is your great-great-grandmama. And I took my granddaughter down there. I've got a grandson with Deacon Glover that's less than two years old, one years old. And the moment his mama let me have him, I'm going to take him down there in that hot sun and make him walk the graveyard because look at somebody say tell your family what the Lord has done for you anybody know God has been good to you anybody know God has been good and here's number three Number three is, he never lost faith in what God had promised him. Verse 21 of the text says this, and I'm done. It says this, then Jacob said to Joseph, I'm about to die. Whew. But let me leave you with this word. God will be with you. And although we're in Egypt, God's going to take you back. Whew. To the land that he had promised you. Ooh, tell somebody, don't you ever lose faith in what God has promised you. Somebody stand to your feet. Don't you ever lose faith in the promises of God. Somebody right now, all around you, it doesn't look like anything is ever going to happen. But you know one thing you have and you can give God your best praise on. I'm standing on the promises of God. Anybody know you're standing on the promises of God and he will do just what he said. No more doubts or disbeliefs causing my faith to decrease. I'll take him at his word. I'll trust and never doubt. For in the time of trouble, he will surely bring me out. Somebody throw those hands up and say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Any faith walkers in here, meet me at this altar. Somebody who's trusting in faith. Somebody who's keeping the faith. Come on, Zion. Keep the faith. Keeping the faith. Look at somebody and say, don't lose your faith. Tell them, hold on. Hold on!
Hold on. Woo. Hold on, Roy. Hold on. Hold on. God's working it out. God's working. Somebody help me praise him. Somebody give God your best praise. Come on, Zion. Come on. Woo! Let me tell you something. Come on, choir. Just before the choir comes, let me tell you what God says. God has given me an assignment for Tuesday night. We rearranged this Tuesday night for this. Here's what God said. God says, I want you, Pastor Lawson, and all the other senior elders, associate pastors, Pastor Max, senior deacons and all, and I want, listen to this, I want every man under the sound of my voice to meet us here Tuesday night. This is not just for men. Women, you're coming too because we're having a Bible. So I want you to be touching and agreeing. I want every boy. And here's what God says. God says to me, he says, I need you to lay hands like Jacob laid hands Woo! on Ephraim and Manasseh. I want you to bless them like Jacob blessed Joseph. And we're going to do that on Tuesday night. And if you've got a son or uncle or father who's not here, a brother, you tell him, come Tuesday night because Pastor Jackson's going to do something special. And here's what God told me. God said, we're going to transfer faith anointing. We're going to leave them an inheritance of faith so that they can grow up and be Deacon Ernest Diamonds, Lord Lumpkins, Chip Jacksons, Mel Parkers and other Alva Lawson's, Jeff Scott, so that they can grow up. God says, transfer it. He said, Dara, I need you to come on Tuesday night and lay hands on them. We were going to be out of town Tuesday night. And I told my wife, change the plans. God says, be here at this altar because the enemy desires our men. The enemy is trying to kill our boys, but we are declaring and decreeing no weapon formed against them. Shall prosper. Why? Because we believe that God would do just what he said. Every man, just raise your hands. Every boy, man, look around you at another one and say, I'll see you Tuesday night. Because I, all I want to do is lay hands on you and bless you. And then you go back and you lay hands on others. And we transfer that. And when your son's son don't even understand, I don't know how this worked out. They thought they got lucky, but you know they are blessed. They thought things just lined up on their behalf, but you know God made a way. God made a way out of nowhere. Come on now. Somebody right now, come on. Listen, I'm standing. I am standing on 
promises of promises of Jesus sing Cedric yeah yeah and he would do that and I believe I believe he will do just, just what he what said he said somebody else meet me at this altar no again. more doubt if you believe God can do it and disbelief listen if you're praying for a father, an uncle, a son, or a brother, decrease. and they're not here, come stand oh, in the aisle way. Come stand at the altar for them right now. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Lord, take him at his word. Yes, I will, And you Lord. know what I'm going to do? I'm going to trust and I'm never going to doubt. Stand. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. But in the time, for in the time of trouble, He will, he will bring me out. Lord, I. Genesis, the New Living Translation. <laughs> Take note, Jacob was old and blind. His body was so weak and feeble. Here's what verse 20 says. So Jacob blessed the boys that day 
with this blessing. <laughs> the people of Israel will use your names when they give a blessing. They will say of you, may God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. In this way, Jacob blessed Ephraim above Manasseh. In other words, Jacob said to his grandsons that one day your names would be great. And by your names, others will be blessed. <laughs> Keeping the faith. Jacob never lost his faith. He lost his eyesight, lost his health, he lost his mobility, but he never lost his faith. He always believed that God would do just what he said. Ooh, do you believe that? Now let me say something to every father in this house every man here the greatest inheritance you can leave your family is to show them that you are committed to something beyond your family's name to show them that there is value in being committed to the Lord God appreciates the fact that you come to church but if you want to be a great example, then you walk down those aisles and say, here I am, Lord, with my family. Whew. This morning at 8 o'clock, young father, tears streaming down his face, say, here I am, Pastor Jackson. I want to leave my sons with an inheritance that far exceeds the things that I could give them. Whew. Anybody know that God can do something? Lift those hands all over this place. Wherever you are this morning, male, female, father, mother, uncle, aunt, where do you stand with your relationship? Do you have the faith, listen, to when your situation deteriorates, your faith gets even stronger? <laughs> I'm talking to someone now when your situation goes bad your faith becomes even greater you say Lord I trust you don't understand it can't see it don't always know what you ought to but I trust you Lord anybody trust him come on lift those hands do you trust him Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you for I have fulfilled my assignment for this Father's Day. I've done what you've asked me to do. I've talked about keeping the faith. Talked about an inheritance of faith. Thank you for fathers with their daughters. Fathers with their sons. Thank you, Lord. Even from those who perhaps are not with their families right now. But I thank you for what you can do. Thank you for the promises of God. Ooh. 
thank you for future generations I thank you Lord not just for the Deacon Ernest diamonds but I thank you for the Rolando diamonds I thank you for the sister Edmonds and their daughters third fourth generation of faith walkers thank you Lord for folk that we don't even see yet look at all these young people that are here thank you for what you're doing in the balcony thank you for what you're doing throughout our community so have your way Lord somebody say move in a mighty way Lord this is our prayer in Jesus name in Jesus name let the church say amen amen put your arms around somebody and say keep the faith tell them keep the faith Come on, if you want to make that commitment today, you want to give God your commitment, if you want to join the church, amen. Yeah, man, God bless Anyone here today ready to make that next move? Somebody else, anyone want to come to this altar right now? Lord, I believe. Look at God. Look at this family. Look at look at God. God bless you. This is her nephew, amen. Look at God, amen. Come on, by the way, we ought to celebrate this. Come on, God bless you. Come on, give me some men of God surrounded. Look at this. What a powerful example. Proud of you, man. Somebody else. Look at God. Somebody else this day, this day. Anyone else? Clap your hands as we take it in the God bless you. It up. Lord, I believe any believers lift those hands and sell them. Tell him, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe. I speak over it right now and I say, Lord, I believe, I believe. way and say it's already done in Jesus name amen amen
Listen, as you stand to your feet for the benediction, God's going to do something special Tuesday. When Jacob laid his hands on Joseph, Ephraim, and Nazareth, these young boys had no idea what was happening in their lives. But this one thing God knew, God was transferring the anointing. God told us to do that on Tuesday. We're going to declare and decree over every father, every man. This is men's month, the month of June. God told us to stand because when our men are strong, our families are strong. Amen. Amen. We want God to bless us with more Deacon Diamonds and more Elder Van Ellis's and others. God's going to do it, I believe. Thank you, by the way. Happy Father's Day. Congratulations again to Deacon Diamond. Lift those hands. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And the church said amen. Amen. Find somebody you haven't communicated with. Simply say to them, keep the faith. Amen. Tell them, don't lose your faith. Amen. God bless you.